thought I'd probably do pretty well. And that's like, why you had the kid's helmet. Didn't think about that part. <laughs> but I, in my head, like I wouldn't have admitted it, but I thought I'll probably be okay at this triathlon stuff. You're listening to Attack the Pod. A podcast with news, views, and how-tos inspired by Amsterdam's biggest, biggest best, best, and most international triathlon and cycling club with your hosts, Neil and Matt. We made it. We made it episode two. We made it to episode two. Unscathed. <laughs> they we'll, wanted another one. Or we'll find, yeah. <laughs> We're going to keep going until people say don't go anymore. <laughs> until they beg us, oh, pay us <laughs> enough not to do one. <laughs> so today, actually, we're going to talk about um, people's first triathlons, people's like beginning, those that are beginning to get into triathlon. Um, those that haven't done a triathlon, what does it take to get into it? We're going to do some club news, some triathlon news. Um, and that's it some shout outs and well that's it we'll see how it goes so see how it goes on that theme we've got a guest with us Mai hi who, <laughs> hi and this is uh, Mai who done her first triathlon I believe and we're going to talk to you about that and about all the things that go with it how are you yes. feeling I'm quite nervous but really looking forward to talk about <laughs> it right. we're nervous every time are you more <laughs> nervous about this or about your first triathlon <laughs> First triathlon, yeah. yeah. Okay, so this is easy. It's it's a walk easy. In the park. I can do it. It's easy. Now, yeah, you've been doing all these firsts. That's <laughs> it. Okay, so let's do it. Podcast feedback. I thought one one good place to start um, is we got a lot of good feedback. So we've done the first podcast uh, a month ago. We've had uh, a lot of people just saying this is cool. When's the uh, So th- this is my story actually. Tiago Martins. So there's two Tiagos in the club. I think there's more. I think there's like seven or something. So I wanted to give a shout out to Tiago because I came back uh, from the UK last week. I'd been driving all day and I had to drop my car at the office and I thought I'll walk the dog home. So I walked the dog home. I was absolutely knackered. And I'm walking across the bridge into Iberg and a gentleman on a bike comes up to me and stops me and says, hey, you're Neil, you don't know me. And I was like, okay, what have I done? (laughs) Who's asking? And it was Tiago Martins. He introduced himself to me. I don't know how he knew what I looked like but he certainly knew the voice from the podcast oh. and he gave us some really good feedback said it was brilliant and asked when is the next episode and he loved it excellent so were you uh, were you like chatting were you, were you sort of talking as you were walking along and he was like that's Neil I recognise <laughs> that voice anyway on, on the bridge nah, I don't know what it was I don't know how he recognised me but he, I was with the dog it was quite funny and I said ah oh, Tiago you, you were one of the ones that done over 400 kilometres and he said nah that wasn't me that was the other Tiago <laughs> I was like oh he says, I only done 370. That's oh, all. Oh, 370. Oh, exactly. Oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> so shout out to Tiago. I thought it'd be nice. Yeah. Yoss as well got in contact, former president of the club. Yeah, gave us some feedback, said it was great, enjoyed listening. Lorna and Brian, Lorna really enjoyed that and says she's not a, a massive podcast fan usually, but was really engaged and didn't even realise she'd been listening for an hour. So. so we've done something right. Yeah. If we can make one hour of someone's training session go a little bit faster, then... Uh... <laughs> I think Everyone would yeah. welcome that. <laughs> and I think we should also say, if you've got any feedback, requests, questions, or anything like that, send them all to Matt, because I don't want to hear them. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. You can send them, uh, I think, to Attack. I think it would be like via, via Instagram, Facebook, WhatsApp, whatever. So. Definitely. I'm sure they'll make sure it comes our way. All the formalities out the way and done. Nice. 
So I think we're going to dive into some try news, just sort of looking at the local try scene and what's going on, and some cancellations, but then also some good news. So first up, uh, Dousberg. So this is a personal one for me. Seventy point three. It's been cancelled. Oh. <laughs> on did we ask on the grounds of? Well, this is a weird one. So it's in you know West Germany, like really close to the border here, which I think is why there was quite a few club members that were going to be taking part in this one. And yeah, because of COVID, they pushed it from August to October. Right. And then about four days later, sent an email saying, actually, we're not going to be able to run it this year. Was it an item, man? 70.3 half. But yeah. it was Iron Man. It, it was Iron like Man. Yeah, Iron Man branded. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. And after was, us giving, I don't know if you remember uh, my in the last one, we were saying how great it was that Iron Man had yeah. put all these measures in place and it's going to be safe. But okay. on the plus side, the Dutch government seems to be a little bit more. Uh, Understanding. Uh, yeah. Understanding. Flexible. Flexible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we've got some triathlons happening locally, which is good news. So on August the 30th, the, and I'm going to, this is another, two vowels together Dutch word which I'm going to mess up <laughs> let's go with down 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 D-U-I-N down triathlon so that's uh, Almira Okay. I think it's only a sprint distance, but that's usually a race which is one of the earliest ones in the year, I guess about May. But they're going to be running so August the 30th. And when you're listening to this, the entries will be open. Oh, okay. So, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, we can get some racing in. Yeah. And then. Also, we had confirmation that Alderkirk and Busbahn are also going to happen. They're going to be really, really busy. Yeah, so two days of racing for both races because yeah. they want to fit everyone in. I think wow. it's going to be smaller waves to make sure they can do it a little bit more safely, yeah. a little bit more distanced. Are you going to do that on mine now that you are a triathlete? I'm going to do the Busbahn. Yeah. Yeah. It's always a popular one it's for, a good race. for it's beginners. A good, yeah, it's a really exactly. good atmosphere, but yeah. it'll be different this year. Well, they're telling everyone to kind of... Oh, you, you finished, here's your medal, now go home. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know what the atmosphere will be like, but it's a good race to, and because it's all quite confined. Can <laughs> Just be, what you need in the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> but it can be a nice experience, I think, and it's yeah, a good one for... It's a good, good event. Yeah. I remember one year at the club done a... They had their own wave or something. Not their own wave, but I can't remember how they'd done it. It was the race. The yeah, teams, last year, uh, Aldekirk. Oh, was that the Aldekirk? But they'd done it at the boss band one, I remember. It was like when we had the teams. Ah, I remember yeah, it was a yeah. really weird format. Like you had to do a run, uh, you had to do the swim, bike, run individually, but really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That really, was when really we were shot. doing yeah. the team really? racing. Yeah. yeah, it was really So it was, uh, it was cool. I think it was about 250 meter swim, I remember four you or five around. K bike, and then a one K run, and then you tagged the next person, yeah. and then they went. So it's the last of the team races. Right. That was good fun, yeah. What about the World Championships of a half, 70.3? Yeah, so that's going to be interesting. So we've got at least one, maybe two, that have qualified for 70.3 Worlds, which were due to take place in New Zealand. But I think, well, they've so definitely Joanna? pushed them. Joe's definitely qualified, yep. yeah. I think oh, there yeah. might be one or two others as well. Nice. But unfortunately, yeah, it's going to be pushed at least till the beginning of next year. And then the question is, at that point, are enough people going to be able to travel to New Zealand to call it a World Championships? Yeah, and also what year does it belong to? Well, <laughs> that's going to become world, a bigger question. Does that make you the world champ for 2019 and, uh, 2020 and 2021? Or does it make you the world champ for 2021? Does it make you the... the <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> yeah. But I think it's, uh, it's a shame for anyone that's qualified, obviously, that they've put all this sort of effort in and they've you know trained around that and, and yeah. uh, got ready because everyone 
has qualified and knows they've been qualified and has been aiming at that, I guess, for a while. And, and there's talk about it maybe still being a kind of regional championships or a smaller race, uh, just a standard kind of half. But I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there. I think there's a good chance it gets pushed back for another year or two while they put next year's race goes on ahead in a different venue and then they go back to New Zealand. But talking about when you're the champion of what, yep. Kona this year has yep. been pushed back from its usual October day to February. Right. And then they're going to hold the other race in October. So we're going to have two Konas in the one year. So, so I'm on world champs twice in one year. Good or bad, I can't work out. Like, I'm looking the forward champ, to it. Well, well I, I think it's great for us. It's great for spectators. Yeah. I, it might come as no surprise, but I'm not going to be participating in that <laughs> one. So as a spectator, I think it's great. You've got two years of world championships, which uh, is good fun. I always yeah. find it good fun to watch. And it always reminds me how, shit, watch, yeah. how shit I am. <laughs> and you watch it and that week you go and buy the magazines, you buy the new <laughs> pair of running shoes. You're like, I'm doing this. <laughs> I like to say it's like just a reminder of uh, the space for improvement. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's another way of looking at it. Yeah. But I think it's going to be really interesting because is February compared to October much cooler much much yeah. cooler different very weather different conditions very different and Kona's always sort of favoured a certain type of racer we yeah. could see a really different kind of dynamic but then you've also Could've got finally a bunch finally see the I forget her name the, the female the UK female who Lucy always Charles. comes second yeah. maybe just maybe well I mean she's a bigger you. she's a bigger athlete yeah uh, like much taller much broader and if you look at Annie Haug who won last yeah. year she's a little kind of five foot nothing yeah. you know weighs about 40 kilos when yeah. wet through yeah. so yeah. like running in that heat suits those kind of yeah. those yeah. kind of physiques because they don't overheat so easily yeah. so it could it could really fav- uh, favor someone like lucy that would be nice. but also the likes of like lionel sanders on the men's side yeah and then you've also got the dynamic of tokyo coming later in the year so oh, gosh, some of those yeah. other races who were going to cross over to the long distance yeah. might not do it this year so i think it's gonna be an interesting year to see what happens and what kind of fields we get have you started what at my the uh, triathlon on TV and I and was YouTube. actually playing the YouTube. Oh yeah! Like, and then when my friend came to visit me, she was like, "Oh, okay, so you're really triathlon." <laughs> you know you. Yeah, you know, just you know. Yeah, you being know, cool. You know you're doing it when you're watching it on YouTube. There's so many like good playlists and good summary race, and, and when you want to get that kind of when you need that little like foot up the ass to get out there for that, then, yeah. then the motivation really comes yeah. from watching other people out there racing yeah. it's really um, good on that yeah it wouldn't be fair to get deep into your experience my when it came to triathlon without talking about our own experiences <laughs> So I do thought, we have to? Yeah, we're going to have to do this. We have to talk about our own yes, first Yes, please. Yeah, yes. I mean, it's, it's not pleasant. Do you want to go first? I'll go first. And I think it's only fair, and we're going to share these on, on Instagram, but I think it's only fair if we show these on, on the screen. So we're going to, maybe one of you, maybe my, you, you can describe what you're actually seeing when we put it up, right? Oh, so this okay. Is, this, is, this is my first triathlon. Um, and I done it actually in Amsterdam at the Miranda Bad. So it was a pool swim. Oh. I didn't even open water swim at that point. Um, and I came from cycling. I was a road cyclist. Still don't look at that photo. I'm kind of embarrassed to have called myself a road cyclist. But that's me in the, on the edge of Miranda Bad. <laughs> when was that? So this, I found out because I had to get this photograph off of Lorna. So this was five years ago. 
It was my first triathlon. And that's me <laughs> with my uh, blue, I, blue swim cap. I like the pose on the swim side. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I'm so happy. Like, there's, such, such a, there's such a big smile there. And on the bike, I'm thinking we're in a carry more polo shirt or something. You and completely some, changed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, there's a story about that, not with me, but with <laughs> someone else, which we'll come on to. So that was my first triathlon. And it was a sprint and it was a pool swim. Yeah. At that moment, I'd never done open water swimming. Which was probably a good thing. How the same wetsuit? How were you feeling before that? Were you nervous? I was definitely nervous. I think the biggest part for me was could I do the swim? Oh, okay. I think what, that's the same for a lot of people. Uh, right? What was it for you, Mike? Because you've done this a few weeks ago, well, not that triathlon, but you've done your first triathlon. The the swimming is actually like my biggest. How do you say? Like I, I, my favorite, right? Because I used to swim when I was a kid, and I yeah. knew how to swim. Yeah. I never done the open water as well so that was kind of like weird to swim in the canal like with like a lot of people around you like it's like a different feeling I had um so mine was cycling was my strength running yeah I'm just not I'm just not built for running and uh, and you know I could do it but not very fast then swimming was completely new to me five years ago as you know Matt so that was that was me and I actually really enjoyed it and I remember coming out thinking I'd done great and well I did do great because I'd done it but it's funny yeah. when you look back and think yeah you know it's just uh, just just you know a small triathlon for some yeah, yeah. and then we have this this is one of my favourites we'll move yeah. on to the next oh. the next picture oh, which wow. is Matt <laughs> now, talk us through this Matt talk about thinking you're doing great yeah we'll obviously share this on the attack Instagram but what you're going to see is uh, me running along with a borrowed mountain bike and a child's bike helmet <laughs> which I picked up from the supermarket that earlier that the, day because I'd forgotten one I didn't own the, the bike helmet that was the funniest thing about that picture was you're wearing a child's bike helmet so this is my first triathlon which is also a sprint but this is in uh, the United Arab Emirates a little town called Alain which is sort of uh, inland yeah you might also notice that I'm yeah, a little bit bigger than uh, <laughs> than I am now. What What's really embarrassing about this is I, I remember this experience quite vividly. I'd already lost like 10, 15 kilos at this point. Oh. Right. You know, having been a swimmer as a kid and I'd sort of swam a couple of lengths beforehand and sort of thought I had, you know, I cycled as a kid, I could probably cycle now. I thought I'd probably do pretty well. And that's like, why you had the kid's helmet. <laughs> didn't think about that part. But... In my head, like, I wouldn't have admitted it, but I thought, I'll probably be okay at this triathlon <laughs> stuff. Um, well, so it worked I, out well. I came out of the water probably like in the middle, which I was a bit miffed about. Went quickly towards the back on the bike. On the road, I finished second to last with my mate that I was racing with finishing last. Well, yeah. But I beat him. Right. So that was, <laughs> that was good. But uh, yeah, yeah, that was so second to last, but I, you know got bitten by the bug so yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it. I mean th one thing that I never said is once I'd done it I was very keen to continue I didn't think oh that was something I don't ever want to do again yeah yeah it's strange isn't it how something can be so painful and so yeah. hard yeah. how was your feeling Mai when you got out yeah, like I, I was exactly thinking the same way. Like I thought, I see the people is doing the triathlon. I was like, why do they do it? Like, why do you <laughs> just go to like yeah. pain yourself? And then like once I've done that, I, I was really, really like dying like last three yeah. k. And then I was like, okay, that that feels really good. Like yeah. I haven't feel this way for a long time, and that wins. Like, do you think it looks easier than it actually is, or do you think it was as hard as you were expecting? 
It's hard as you expected. Yeah, yeah it's hard going. And I think with most people, I, I don't know about you, but I think with most people, you always go too fast. You always think, nah, I've got this, I'm, I'm pacing myself. And then you get one and a half K into your 5K and you're on the deck. You're just like... I had it on the bike. My first <laughs> I, I was the like, bike was always the easy part. Four loops or something. And after right. five, I was like, jeez, the fast 5K, I was like, Jesus, this is a long way. I'm going to be here for a while. It's <laughs> very easy to over, overcook it. But there's lots of beginners out there you know we bring a lot of beginners into the club who've never done a triathlon there will hopefully be more people listening to this that I think it's one, one of the strengths of Attack as a club yeah. is they were very welcoming in yeah. that sense so I thought it'd be good to talk about you know if you think about a triathlon and it's new what is what is the smallest distance one can do what is the if, if I'm new and I'm like I'm going to go and buy a child's bike helmet on my way to <laughs> what is the smallest triathlon I can do like where can I start and what's the barrier to entry if there was one I think traditionally or, or if you're looking at the more kind of popular events that are out there it tends to be a sprint distance or what Dutch call the one eighth distance right so 750 meter swim 20k bike, 5k run. And you can definitely find shorter, so they have super sprints as well, which mm. maybe it's kind of less official what that is. It might be half or it might be 500 uh, meter, 10k, 2.5k, but I think it's definitely harder to find that distance. Mm. So I think realistically, you're probably looking at a sprint distance. Yeah. And that's probably, you know, first time is going to take you maybe just a shade under two hours, yeah. somewhere that sort of range. You know, it's a solid effort, but also it's not all day. It's something that you can get your head around. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. you know, once you kind of come up with the idea or you start to commit to training towards that. So I always thought, you know, my first couple of sprints, it always felt faster. <laughs> they always so, do. So I'm crossing the line and I'm like, ah, and I'm like, nah, there must have been a staggered start. So if we're talking about getting into a triathlon, what is the equipment you need? What, what yeah. would you say is the most basic equipment that you need? So I think you can, you don't have to overthink the whole thing and it's easy to overthink it when you see everybody else and you, yeah. you know, yeah. you watch those videos yeah. we were talking about before. If you've got your, your swimming costume, your trunks, your budgie smugglers, you can, yep. you know, you can get down <laughs> to your, your pool and do all your training there and then hire a wetsuit for maybe the, the race weekend. It's going to cost you maybe 30, 40 euros, wear it once or twice, you know, a day before, yep. uh, just get used to it, make sure you know how to put it on yeah. um, and take it, off. Take, yeah. it yeah. off. take it off. Take it off. Exactly. <laughs> For a bike, you know, traditionally one of the more expensive parts. But again, you can yeah. borrow it maybe off a friend to start with. Some company, like uh, some of the you're the mountain bike. <laughs> exactly, <your> <laughs> with my mountain bike. I was don't borrow a mountain bike. <laughs> did you have a road bike, Maya? I wasn't at the trial. I bought my bike in December. So you did have a road bike. I never bike. done that before. Ah, no. okay. okay. I knew how to ride the top feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. that's my only bike that I used right. to bike. So, so yeah. is that your first riding? Was in December. Yes. Like sort of group rides. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. 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 There's quite a lot of people come into the club, never done, done a triathlon and never been on a bike. They usually come from a running background or yeah. a swimming background. And so cycling, I've said in previ the previous podcast, I've said to many people, I very much take for granted because I came from cycling. But it's a big thing. It's daunting. It's uh, <laughs> to, to ride in a group, to ride at speed. All these things yeah, that are all the hand granted. signals. Yeah, it's really quite a big, uh, a big thing. But you don't need an expensive bike. That's the yeah, that's yeah. The and, and you know, like again, like, you, you might be already a member of a gym. You can jump on the gym bike or on the watt bike or whatever you've got there and do a lot of your training. You can get a lot stronger by doing some sort of ordered training. 
yep. structured training there and then borrow a bike or, or a lot of the races now locally they've you know for the sprint distances they even offer you the chance to to rent a bike and a helmet for the day yep. so in terms of the barriers to getting involved being or trying to keep those barriers low then that's also something to do until you decide whether you want to carry on yeah, yeah. and then running's running right you need a pair of run shoes yeah yeah which i need <laughs> some new run shoes <laughs> yeah I've, I, i'm terrible for not replacing my run shoes i've done <laughs> I'm, I'm embarrassed to say this 1200 kilometers on my current run shoes <laughs> that's a record i think that's it's pretty just, good it's, strava reminds me but it keeps reminding me <laughs> <laughs> and every time i keep saying oh, I need to get run shoes at the I, weekend. Like, I'm intrigued. Does Strava have like different levels of, does it have like a, come on now, Neil, yeah. seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think you set up the yeah. limit. I think I'd put in 550 or 500. I think they automatically do around 600 because right. you get a reminder about 400, actually, something like that. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, this is ridiculous. <laughs> the thing is, and it's very easy to do this, you look at them and you think, oh, I can run on them. <laughs> And luckily I'm not competitive, but it's a real risk of injury and all yeah. sorts of other stuff. And I'm just ignoring it. So <laughs> but do I've you, only got myself to blame here if I go over on my ankle or something. So uh, sort of making, yeah, having said you only need a pair of, uh, one pair of run yeah, shoes to yeah. get involved. Here's the question. How many pairs of run shoes do you have? Just one? Yeah, I just have one because my old ones become garden shoes. <laughs> and then the previous ones go in the bin at that point, you know? So I've always got two yeah. pair, but one is definitely not good enough for running. Okay. So I I, I really should have more, but it's um, maybe that's the problem. And what I'll do is I'll get my new ones eventually. And, <laughs> eventually then, <laughs> and then these ones will become garden ones yeah. or something. And once they've been worn in, in, in the garden or for painting or something like that, then <laughs> oh, I can never run in them. <laughs> yeah, I'm running them with 1,200 kilometers. It's yeah, absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Oh. There's no logic. There's no rationale to it. Um, yeah, it's ridiculous. So run shoes. And yeah. they don't need to be expensive, but they do need to be, like, I would say, and, and maybe you, you can give more input to this, Matt, but I would say you have to get ones that support you well enough. So, yeah. you know, a 15 euro pair might give you the support, but if it doesn't give you the support, it's maybe worth you know, going up a level. So what do you, what do you think? Yeah, well, uh, I mean, I think support you well enough and everyone's different. So I know there are some sort of ultra runners who will swear by buying third hand, like 1992 Pegasuses because they right. want every bit out of them and they want to, you know, they, they can pick them up from yeah. a thrift store for wow. for five euros, but they want that kind <laughs> of flat responsiveness. Maybe they'll buy me. <laughs> yeah. But they're also, you know, again, they're sort of light mountain goat type runners. So yeah. it's a different sort of profile. But um, Support is always, I think I'm mentioning support because whenever I get a run assessment done, I've done it all for running, I think. Yeah. They have the track and I've done the ASICs one years ago as well. It's always the same thing because I'm a yeah. heavier runner. It's always about support. But yeah, I'm, I'm completely forgetting there are the 40, 50 kilo yeah, runners yeah. out there that are not about support, but about feeling the ground or something. Yeah, and different things. And yeah. also like how long a pair of shoes lasts for them is going to yeah. be totally different, right? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, how, um, you may, how many, how many run shoes? Do I you only want? have one pair. Yeah, see, this is not that was a topic to have like how many shoes do you have? Well, that's so many pair of cycling socks, bike helmets, you know, bike gear, you know, Magda can tell you there's way too much, you know, but run shoes, one pair. See, this is one of the things where I'm an admittedly sort of self-confessed like running shoe geek, so I've sort of been through every brand way too often, like way too much, but um, what the running industry calls is a quiver. You should have a quiver of run shoes. A quiver of run shoes. So, and essentially I'd say like once you get into it and once you know that you're kind of committed to 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 running or to 
to triathlon. I'd say probably like at least three pairs of shoes. Obviously, that sounds more and sounds more expensive and sounds like a higher barrier. But basically, what I do is like once I know there's a certain shoe I like, but there's some there's some Nikes which are really good, and I can get them for sixty euros in Mao during a sale. So if You'll I see them, I'll buy one or two yeah. pairs and leave them. Yeah. So you usually have like the same. Thing? Like so I, what I'd recommend, I, this is getting like really into shoe geekery now. Yeah. This is not for beginners. Yeah, this is not for beginners, but we'll go off on a, like a slightly, you know, more experienced uh, sort of tangential geekery. But what I'd say is have a pair of like really comfy, everyday, slow long run shoes. So for me, that's my hokers. I love them for just being really cushioned, really... Really sort Is of, that what you wore for Ultima? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I, I ran 80 odd K, felt good. Yeah. Uh, I have my sort of faster kind of tempo shoes. So that's the Nikes, which it's the first version that had the carbon thing in them, but they're not the fancy sort of later ones. And they, it's the foam, which makes those ones more expensive. Mm. Right. So these ones, like I say, get down to the Nike store in Maudeport at the moment. <laughs> they do them about 60 euros. They're really good. The Nike Zoom flies, right. recommended. <laughs> and they're for like fast tempo or even maybe races, 10Ks, half marathon, that kind of thing. And then I have uh, some like fast kind of track shoe uh, or for that really fast kind of like when we were in Flevo Park, I'd Mm -hmm. wear my, and they were Addy Zeros for that. And if you have those, the other thing is they're getting a third of the mileage, right? So actually I probably replace one of those pairs of shoes every year, 18 months or something. So actually once you have the the few pairs, and yeah. it's just supposed to be better for your feet as well to be yeah. changing and, and changing the stimulus all the time. So it helps to kind of... So you know, I've never even thought about it. <laughs> you know, and I think about all the equipment I've yeah. got for bikes. I've even got three bikes. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I've got yeah. winter wheels for my car. It just doesn't even cross my mind to have more than one pair of running shoes. And that's well, I mean, if you think like, if you go out and run a 5K, yeah. you're going to want different sensation and a different experience to running 25k easy in all you know, honesty so for me again running is, is clearly not my my strong point it's just always painful for me running <laughs> like, in all honesty yeah. it's always a slog it's always like if I do so sometimes I'll have my plan to do a fast run it, it's really hard for me you know I, I yeah, never yeah. the last thing in my mind is oh well I better wear you know different pair of shoes but, but then maybe I should be looking well, at you, you might just get a, a sort of different different flavour of slog yeah, <laughs> no no no, no but it's true I've, I've just never thought of it but I think we're going off away from, totally. the, from the beginner thing but it's quite an interesting topic it's something I've never on for really, a future episode yeah for sure and what about goggles I remember my first pair of goggles I spent 40 euros on them didn't need them they looked cool when they were tinted and I thought I was the business in fact you saw them in probably in my photograph I don't do that now I spent 20, 20 euros on my goggles I get the same brand every time which I do with running shoes by the way I should, I should have said I, with goggles every time and for me it works what's your thoughts on that whatever works yeah i wear four euro goggles from decathlon i've tried them really we don't have a good friendship these these four euro ones in decathlon. <laughs> but and that's I it again like anything though they things work for different people yeah. right so I, I went through it i went through the process i got there's two euro ones they're yellow <laughs> i got the four euro ones or they were five euros i think the blue and white i went through it and i just couldn't i couldn't the ones i settled on were 20 euro speedo ones it might even be like 18 euros i'm not sure but it's true you find your thing my you've swam since you were young right um what's your thing with well i bought my wetsuits from the zone three yeah yeah i like and then i got everything from there i got my booty i got my goggle i got i didn't get my cap but yeah it came with a bag and then yeah yeah 
You always end up with too many swim caps anyway, because once you start yeah, to I do more events, three. yeah, I think you are doing new things, which you will be going to do. And you'll get one yeah. to every race, yeah, one every race, and then you just get too many. And you, I, I, you actually go through the process. What one will I use when I go out? Gets, I, I've gets, often thought like, about some sort of like system to reclaim silicon, you know, yeah. from the hats. Like, can I sell this to some like yeah. uh, like a doctor somewhere? To, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's something I think you learn in terms of equipment, what works for you and what doesn't, but. So the zone three worked for you then, the goggles, you find them okay? I think so, yeah. I can see like when it's sunny or like yeah. grey, like I can see it well, it doesn't really get fog so much. Yeah. So I think it working. One of the best fine. things I've found with fog is this little pen from Decathlon. It's four euros, I think. It's just this little pen yeah. you just draw on every time you use them. I actually got the everything. tip from Michelle yeah. when I was joining the the open water swimming class. So he said, like, just mix the baby shampoo with the water and spray it. And then you just, like, wash in the water before you swim. did you try it? Yeah. And it, it works? works perfectly. Ah, yeah. that's good to know. It's See, only cost, like, tips. two euro. Yeah. Beginner tips coming from a beginner. Yeah, that's <laughs> how it works. Yeah. The swim sessions that uh, Michiel, M- M- Michael, Michael was doing, I think that's where Tiago was coming back from when I bumped into him on the bridge. He was very positive about it. Said yeah, it was, really it was good. really good. Yeah, yeah. It looked good in the pictures. Do you think that helped you for your uh, for the open water swim at the triathlon? Yeah, because I, I only swam in the pool before and I knew how to swim, but I didn't know how to swim open water. It's like totally different. Different thing. scale. Yeah, and then the swimming in the wetsuits feels much different yeah, and moving your arms yes yeah. it felt really co- uncomfortable when they like checking the direction makes you yeah, rhythm like yeah. so confused yeah the thing but, for me is always and, and i'm not joking sharks yeah <laughs> honestly i'm not joking it's when i'm scary. open water swimming <laughs> as soon as that thought goes in my head now i'm talking open water swimming in a in iberg and i'm like there's got to be a big fish here like honestly <laughs> i am like obviously i've swam since i was five years old very comfortable in the water been open water swimming for 10 years if i touch a, like a piece of like i don't know oh. a weed uh, going past <laughs> i'm convinced something's coming to eat my arm and it never gets any better so yeah. i'm sorry if i'm bursting some other people <laughs> here, but if I'm anything to go by it just doesn't get any better no. I hate it you just learn to accept it but it doesn't it's not any more pleasant on the theme of beginners we've been asking some attack members what their first triathlon is like so we've got one here let's hear from Lorna Hi Neil and Matt here's a little few memories of my first triathlon it was in 2013 and it was a new west triathlon I remember I was planning on just to wear like swimming costume under my wetsuit and change in transition, like shorts and t-shirt on over the top. Brian kindly bought me my very first tri suit. I remember I saw these girls in like super fancy team kit with sponsorship and was very intimidated. I had freezing cold feet out of the swim, which continued all through the bike and even when I was running. And I'd never practiced a break, so I'd never practiced cycling onto running. So it was the first moment where I've ran and thought, oh my God, my shins are in agony and I can't do this. The interesting thing was that I was actually eighth in my age group out of 36. And with the times that I did, I think I would nowhere be near that if you look at triathlons now. So it does show that there has been a massive improvement in performance of women in Amsterdam in triathlon. Anyway, great experience. And obviously, I carried on a lot longer. There we go. Bye. So that was Lorna. That was the sprint triathlon she done in 2013. 
Yeah, so seven years later, still yeah, going still in spite of, <laughs> in yeah, spite exactly. of uh, all that. Did any of that seem familiar to you, Mai, when you came? Well, you, you didn't do uh, an event event because of the, the COVID crisis, but could you relate to any of that? Have you do, did you do any brick sessions beforehand? Yes, I did the the bike and the run, like yeah. maybe a few times, like 20K and then like 10K, no, 5K running. Yeah. I could kind of like run faster than usual. Yeah. I don't know why exactly it is. Yeah. And then like go really fast and then I got really tired and I cannot run anymore, like last 10 minutes. Like my feet doesn't feels like it's mine anymore yeah. <laughs> so yeah I, I was, think it's very common to have that feeling certainly for me every, <laughs> sing, every single event is it because like you kind of get used to the speed on the bike and then when, once you get off like you run faster yeah that's a theory at least yeah. I mean because uh, you've been if you think about it you've been seeing the world at 25k an yeah, hour yeah. or something Yeah. so when you come off everyone sort of goes way too hard because all of a sudden, everything feels really slow. slow yeah. Like just in slow motion, yeah, right? And yeah. it looks like you're running through treacle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But actually, you, you know, if you look down, you, you're doing okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and only once I sort of got over my first couple of race experiences and got a little bit more experienced, mm-hmm. my thing for the first kilometer was run the slowest you can possibly run. Okay. Then I started to improve. Okay. Because then okay. I was, it was nowhere near as slow as I thought it was. <laughs> it's always too fast, probably. Yeah. But then I was able to start pacing it. It's a hard thing to do because you've told me that with many events, start is slow. And if you think you're slow, go slower. And I've given that advice to others. It's really yeah. difficult to and do. And the longer it, the race, but it the more sense. it applies. Mm. Here's a picture of Lorna. Now we'll put this on Instagram, but this is Lorna, our first triathlon. Aww. And she mentioned that to me in a message, if you notice anything about the gentleman next to her, she thinks it might have been his first triathlon. Is that a, uh, it's a surf wetsuit? Well, it could be, or it's on back to front. That was quite interesting. So I thought you were going to say it's Lorna's first triathlon because she's wearing her goggles on her arm instead of on her head. So. <laughs> I really noticed that. We'll share these with everyone on Instagram because I think some of them are, some of them are really good. So you've got your equipment and then you have to start training. So yeah. where, where do you even start? You know, so maybe you're already a runner or a swimmer and you go out and you do a couple of kilometers every night and you feel good. You're running for 30 minutes every day. Everything's golden. Like where do you start? Just as we were saying with equipment before, like you can overthink all these things. If your goal is to do a sprint triathlon and just to get through it, get through it. Okay. Work from let's swim, bike and run once, once each once a week yeah. <laughs> and, and start there because you can overthink all these things and then you start looking it up online and you see the triathlon magazine which is talking about brick sessions and yeah. intervals yeah. And, yeah. and all these things and yeah it's totally relevant sure at some point but let's just start with swim once a week bike once a week run once a week yeah that yeah. simple that makes sense did you do that Mike? yeah that exactly what i tried to do so i did like wrong bike ride on the weekend yeah, yeah. and I do like once a week uh, swimming and maybe like try to do twice a week running but like yeah. I ended up doing like a twice a week swimming because I like swimming more yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I try to do at least one each every week I yeah. think that's a good plan as well if you're gonna build up one then maybe go for the run next because mm-hmm. it's where you know you can kind of drift to the end of a bike yeah. Whereas the run, it can, be, you know, it can start to get quite painful. And, and if you have to walk two or yeah. three kilometers, yeah. then it starts to... Uh, what if you've never run before? So you, you quite like swimming yeah. and you think, well, I cycle every day. I'm in the Netherlands, so I could probably wing that. But I've never run. 
would you then say maybe do two run sessions versus one or? So, yeah, I mean, maybe if you're coming from a complete beginner in one of the sports, especially if it's running compared to maybe the other sports, if you feel like you're you're okay in those. I always say to people, like, frequency first. So decide how often you want to run. So if you think twice a week is realistically what I can fit into my agenda, go out twice a week. And that could be 10 minutes each time. Yeah. But wait till you're doing 10 minutes twice a week for a couple of weeks. Then maybe start to add a little bit more time onto that run. But keep it easy. Way too many people go way too hard. And that's why most people that hate running, it's because they're running way too fast. They leave the the house, no warm up, and they go, you know, their heart rate's at 165, 170, straight out the door for five kilometers. And they come back and go, God, I'm so bad at running. That was hard. And you're like, yeah, of course it was. Magda does that. (laughs) I think we all know people that do that. And I think we've all probably done it at some point as well. So, you know, those first few runs, like, I think it's probably a good thing if you can find someone else because who's at a similar stage, because firstly, you'll be accountable. You know, if you're like, we'll meet up on Wednesday morning and go for a run. (laughs) But secondly, if you meet up with someone and you're kind of chatting as you go, it kind of naturally puts a lid on how hard you go. So make it a little bit more social and and also you can kind of build up, you know, you don't need to be going hard. It's one of the things that I found quite difficult. So I came, as I said before, and in the previous podcast from cycling and it was always group cycling and racing and stuff, not not competitively. But it's one of the the hardest things for me coming into triathlon was training on my own. Mm. And I wish I had someone at a similar level. It really helps. It really helps to have that training uh, person. Yeah, I think uh, mentality as well, right? Yep. Because like for me, I with two young kids, it's just hard for me to make a lot of sessions, but I'm, I quite like my time on my own. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, quite yeah. You know, solitary-minded as I, well. I got a lot better at it when I was training for my half. I, was, I, had, to go out, I had no choice yep. but to go out cycling on my own and, and when I was training to do bigger run event, I had no choice. And you just get used to it. You, you became a lot more accustomed yeah. to podcasts and now we're helping everyone else do that. <laughs> but I think if you're just getting started, then definitely, yep. you know, first, Find a find, find, find a buddy. A, find a group, yeah. you know, if you can, because then you've got access. But definitely find that's a buddy. Interval sessions are really good yeah. actually for the club. Yeah, that's yeah. really help because yeah. otherwise I wouldn't go for a run by myself on the Tuesday night. Yeah, you know? yeah. and you wouldn't run hard. I mean, I, yeah. I, I was doing them from the very beginning, and then when I moved away from the centre, I stopped doing them. But I, I never, I still never run as hard, <laughs> even with a plan. Another thing, which won't be everyone's cup of tea, but I'm going to say it for me, is having a coach, and that is because mm. you become. I feel more accountable. I will let myself down, but I don't like letting others down. And for me, that accountability yeah. really, really helps. To ke- it helps to keep me focused as well. And it also helps as a sounding board when things aren't going to plan, which yeah. I find uh, really useful. But again, that's not for a beginner. So we're, <laughs> we're getting off track here, I think, very easily into all the things that you can do. Here's another member, fairly, I think uh, Celine's been in the club a few years now, but um, let's hear about her first try experience at New West. Not the US. I thought she said the US, but it's New West. Same as Lorna. Uh, same one as Lorna, year. but different year yeah. indeed. Hello, I take the part. My name is Celine, and I want to tell you about my experience for my first triathlon. It was in New West in uh, June 19. I go there with a bunch of uh, strong attackers participating and a bunch of uh, attackers supporting. I start the race at my rhythm. Before I do the swim, everything goes well. I do the ride. I think there were like two or three loops of the same route, but there was a lot of turns. So really, we had to be careful about like 
turning at the right time. After like maybe like 30k, the total route was 40. Maybe 30k, I uh, missed one turn. So I realized there is a fence in front of me, maybe five meters before the fence. So we fall, um, the barrier, the bike and myself, I maybe stayed like one minute, just like checking my bike and restarting again. So I didn't really stop. Even if people ask me like, are you okay? Do you want to stop? Etc. I was like, no, no, I'm fine. My bike is fine. I'm going to hop on on, uh, on the ride and, and finish it. Um, so I finished the race. I remember people seeing me on the run telling me, oh, you're here. Um, you have a huge bruise on the arm. Do you know that? I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, I know. Yeah. Something happened. Um, so I finished the race. I've been to the first help and they told me, well, you know, it's been like, you've been, it's been bleeding for the past hour. So not much we can do. That was it. So oh, that's quite an eventful uh, first event. That makes say. mine sound very unpainful. Actually, my first. So race. she fell, but she kept going. She sent us a picture. Now she's lost all her hair. <laughs> the picture she sent is with uh, Ivan. Yeah. So um, yeah, Ivan and uh, Celine. But I don't think it was his first triathlon, was it? I don't think so. No, I, don't, no, I, don't I think, think it's so. a little bit more experience. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's before or after. But either way, she looks very happy. So yeah. <laughs> also caught the bug because I think uh, Celine was going to do her first Ironman this year. Oh or, wow. Or She'd done a half last year. She'd done uh, Cascais. But there you are. So, so far, no one has came and said, right, that's it. I'm not doing any more. Yeah. Also, but no one's gone like, and I think this is really important for beginners. No one's sort of gone, oh, yeah, I turned up and it was totally easy and uneventful. Yeah. <laughs> and I flew through it. Like, everyone had problems. No, everyone sort of true. crashes or forgets their goggles or, or yeah. you know. Race belt. That's exactly. Always forget a race belt that you put your number yeah. on. What about people, say, the night before and you can't sleep? That's my thing, right? I can never sleep the night before an event. It's better now, of course, but in the beginning, I, I, I mean, it stressed me. It made me really anxious. I'm like, oh, my God, then I can't sleep. What, what, what do you do the night before? So you're a beginner, first triathlon. Well, we're in Amsterdam, so uh, <laughs> oh, that's true. go and get a <laughs> go and get a special cigarette, and it'll help you sleep. Yeah, exactly. uh, that's true. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I think this is common for most people. Like, if you've got to get up early for a flight or you've got a big meeting, you know, it's it's no different. Those sort of nerves are jangling. One thing that helps me, and I've seen help for others, is have all your stuff ready to go. Have a list beforehand. Follow the list, have your bike ready, have it. So don't leave anything for the morning because you're just going to worry about doing that thing in the morning. And that might even come down to like laying the stuff out for your breakfast, having three alarm clocks set so you don't worry about missing it. If you remove all those extra worries and you've still got the worry of the race, of course, but you've kind of taken everything else off the table, you know, so, so you've only got that thing and then failing that drink heavily. <laughs> and what about breakfast? Depends on the, on the distance. Um, so sprint. For, Let's assume for, that most people are doing a sprint. To be honest, again, don't overthink it. Whatever you have for breakfast normally, essentially you've got two to two and a half hours of glycogen sort of study, uh, stored in your muscles or in your liver. You can do a sprint on, on you know, without anything, yeah. uh, essentially on sort of a good dinner the night before. Yeah. You're not going to bonk in that sort of traditional sense. Yeah. You might feel like you need something or you might want, you know, sort of a, a gel halfway around, totally yeah. valid. Yeah. But... Um, sort of from a, a physiological perspective, you're not going to need it. But what I'd say is like, don't overthink it, eat your normal breakfast, but give yourself a couple of hours buffer. So yeah. you haven't got kind of, you know, you're going to have nerves uh, when you get to the race as well. So you don't need some food in there as well, sort of churning its way around. What if you wake up with a hangover? And I have done this. <laughs> I have done this. It can happen. 
it usually starts with sort of like some sort of cussing yourself out for a little while. Yes. Right? <laughs> you absolute <laughs> moron. I remember doing a race in Scotland or a sportif, so it wasn't a race in Scotland. Then we went out and got hammered the night before till three in the morning. I think that's oh. the rule of sportifs, so, right? We were, we were so hungry. You know, you get hungry when you're on the night out, and we were in this little town, Pitlochry in Scotland. There was nothing open, so we took we had macaroni and we boiled it in the kettle. I remember oh. using the kettle to try it. It was ridiculous. And I remember getting up in the morning, we had to do a 100-mile uh, event. It was The first half, I was great because it was just pure adrenaline. I yeah. think I was still drunk. The second half, horrible. Absolutely horrible. Yeah, I won't so do it anymore, but I'm we older. Don't, uh, we don't endorse racing no, well. Absolutely no. not. Absolutely I'm, not. I'm telling, I'm telling you what, what not to do. <laughs> <laughs> and your kit bag, you would say, you know, pack it the night before. Make yeah, sure I mean... the. You can find, you know, online pretty much anyway. There's hundreds of lists of and checklists. Find one that you like, print 10 of them, have them in your bag, you know, <laughs> ready to go and just work your way down there, that because then it just, you don't have to think about it too much as well. So if you can just work your way off a list and just know you've got everything, but I'd say have it ready to go, have everything lined up, the bike there, you know, the wet, everything there. Yeah. So it just takes everything out of your mind and you know, you've just got to pick that up and go in the morning. Everyone that's race knows that you've got like, you know, that sort of race mind where yeah. the most easy, obvious thing totally removes itself from your head yeah. as you're trying to race. race and that belt. also happens in Helmet. the morning as well, like Helmet. before going, like you, all the things that you can't possibly forget, get forgotten. Yeah. So just take that away. Did you have a last mind? No, but I watch a lot of YouTube videos, right. like Trash Run, Taren, GTC, GTN. I think as well, because of the nature of our event and it being a little bit later in the day as well, it gives you a little bit right. more kind of wiggle room to sort of get up and think about it in that way. Whereas, you know, a lot of races could be like an 8.30, 9 o'clock start. You might have yeah. to be there at 7 to register mm -hmm. and stuff. So in those scenarios, then, yeah, definitely have things ready. But also that might be why you might want to choose something. You know, if, you, if there is a race where you can kind of do it middle of the afternoon, and it's your first race. Maybe that's a good option because, you know, you can get a night's sleep because you've got less to worry about straight away in the morning. You know yeah. you've got time to sort yourself out in the morning. Yeah. So that could be a good a good way to go. And a lot of those local races have, have waves all day, mm -hmm. you know, and you can just choose your, your wave entry. It's not speed-based or anything. So you could just choose a kind of 12.30, 2 o'clock yeah, nice. race yeah, and then the sort of take band, some of that. I think the boss band works very much like that. You can do that later in the day, so... Yeah, I think I'm going to do like 2 or 3 yeah. p.m. or something. So you like can that. actually go out the night before and get drunk. So we hear, let's hear from Paula. So Paula's been in the club from the very beginning. And this is one of the best stories. I, I everyone tells this to yeah. everyone. I think we should let everyone This is attack legend. This is just legendary status. My first triathlon was the triathlon Brooklyn in 2013. It was an Olympic distance. And I just had decided to do a triathlon just because, because I was already cycling. I was already running so I was like yeah so I went a couple of times to the swimming pool kind of practice was able to swim for 20 minutes it was only 1k swim so I was like yeah I'm able to do this gonna be on a swimming pool so there I go I did it and the idea was to swim on my bathing suit and then go to the changing rooms and change into my cycling gear so I ended up doing a transition of 20 minutes if I recall it well Finished my triathlon. Next year, I went there with an attack group. And when I finished my triathlon, there was like a group of people there waiting for me. They were really curious about meeting me because they remember my name. 
from the last year and they wanted to meet this person that had managed to make the longest transition ever in the triathlon history. So we had told the story to all my mates. So they were laughing about it. So when I arrived, they were like, this is Paola. So yeah, 20 minutes transition on my first triathlon. So I must say after that, I made a pretty good improvement. It's <laughs> one of the best Excellent. stories, sisters. I tell that to everyone. Yeah. Paula thought you go to the change and she thought transition was you go and you get you get red yeah. and you get changed 20 minutes in the toilet. Apparently the uh, event organiser came in because there was two bikes left in, in T1. <laughs> they were wondering who they belonged to. And they like, well, there's nobody in the pool and there's nobody in transition. So who are these people? Didn't think to look in the changing rooms. Oh, as you wouldn't. No, that's brilliant. So just to summarise this and then we're going to come on to hear about Mai's experience. <laughs> Five tips for getting into a try. Yeah. Right, we'll so I just pulled together just a couple of kind yeah. of really easy, uh, if you're thinking about doing a triathlon, pick a race, give yourself a goal. Just just do something, you know, give yourself that objective to aim for. Because if it's sort of like this intangible thing sometime in the future, it might never happen. Yeah. Stick your neck out there, commit to it, enter a race, and it gives you that sort of mark, you know, mark in the sand, the flag in the sand to aim for. And number two, don't worry about anybody else. Firstly, nobody's looking at you. Nobody cares. Everyone's way too bothered about their own race to care about how you're doing, quite frankly. (laughs) You know, like everyone's kind of in a nice way, a little self-involved, at least on race day. So really don't worry about those things. I think, you know, just feel comfortable and and sort of worry about yourself and sort of your own uh, preparations and how you race on the day. Advice number three, and I think we've covered this before, but join a club. Obviously, preferably attack join a club or or find a couple of buddies that are also sort of at a similar level because the social element is what's going to get you through and you'll learn things together but the beauty of learning of being part of a club is that you'll always find people more experienced and it doesn't have to be people who are 10 years more experienced it might just be people who were you six months ago and so they've got some of those pieces of advice or that race that you're doing they're like well actually you want to choose this wave or it's worth going for a swim there beforehand because it's kind of you're easy to get lost or yeah. they'll have all those little <laughs> bits of tips that make the experience way more fun as you go along there and also you know just they can teach you like those things that we we're talking about before about like riding you know in a group and the, the things that you're never going to learn unless you're with a, a nice group of people who are willing to show you right and i think most clubs are but we're definitely set up to with those entryways for 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 new starters in both you know in swim bike and run i think all got those uh, entryways. Point number four I put was any gear is good gear. We were just sort of saying, I think, I'm not sure we caught it, but uh, about like decathlon being such a, you know, a, a fortunate source to have <laughs> here in, you know, in the Netherlands and in Europe that, you know, that it, you don't be snobby about these things. It's decent gear. It's going to get you through. You can buy a 500 euro bike there, which is probably better than sort of 5,000 euro bikes were 10 years ago. You know, you're getting one, you know, Shimano 105 on a 500, yeah. 600 euro bike, which is unheard of and plenty better, you know, plenty good enough to get through a year, two, three years. I remember saving this. up to get Shimano 105 years yeah, ago. <laughs> definitely. Had the Soros or the Tiagras for a little <laughs> yes. while first. And, and you know, yeah. and that did, did fine as well. And then, I mean, we were talking before about gear being the barrier. 
in triathlon, and definitely there's no bones about it, it is, but there's plenty of secondhand stuff. Triathletes like to upgrade regularly, which means secondhand things go in. So even like a Garmin. There's also a lot of people lend stuff in the club. I see every day. There's always people lending things out, which I think is great. bags or, you know, those things as well. Bikes, yeah. yeah. But you can get a secondhand Garmin when someone trades up. You can get a secondhand bike or a a decent entry-level bike. And the thing to remember then is, is... you then sell that when you upgrade yourself. So yeah. maybe like that first investment is almost the hardest one yeah. because each time you maybe sell one on and, and add a little, a couple of hundred more and then you make the next jump up. And that's definitely how it works. It's the circle of tri- triathlon gear yeah. life. Yeah, it is, it <laughs> when is. When lockdown happened, I gave my old turbo trainer on to new homes <laughs> and um, yeah. it's, it's good to know that other people get the use of it. Definitely. Yeah. And half the time there's nothing wrong with it. You just want a new thing, right? You yeah. know, your technology and things move on pretty quickly. So you want that latest thing. There's nothing wrong with like a, a really good fluid trainer. And you can probably pick that up now for like 50, 40 yeah. euros because but it's not, not smart. Now because COVID is <laughs> well, you can't pick it up <laughs> anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. But generally you can, yeah. yeah. And last but not least. Well, the most important one. I know you're excited to be a triathlete. I know you've gone and got your triathlon suit. But there's no excuse for wearing your tri suit for anything other than a triathlon. I would agree with you. You see cyclists out in tri suits or guys running along the front in their tri suit <laughs> just during a run session because it's unforgivable, yeah, especially I'm for men. I'm but, you, but, you yeah. know, yeah. all around, like, we know you're proud. We yeah. know that. I, I hate putting mine on. It looks terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but, man, you couldn't do that because you got yours the day before, right? Is that yeah, what you said? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I only got on that date. So, yeah. yeah. You, you're not guilty of that. Not yet, anyway. But if we see you out training in your triathlon suit. But did you, uh, the first time that you put a triathlon suit on or, or a triathlon suit and wetsuit, you feel a little bit like a superhero, mm, right? I did. <laughs> That's true. That is true, actually. I'm ready. Yeah. And, um, and do you have the attack one? Yes, yeah, I do. So yeah. Has, yeah, it's it's a lot more special when yeah. it has your name on it. It yeah. really is. I took my picture and I sent it to my parents, and uh, they're like, "Oh, <laughs> nice. yeah, it definitely has that that feeling." I don't have one of the new ones yet, but then I've I'm not been uh, doing triathlon for a while, so I guess that's that's as good a reason as any. Should we hear from someone else? This is the, the, the one of the most fantastic stories. It's from Terence. I can imagine it's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> this is his first triathlon, so hold tight because it's a little bit long. Thanks, Neil. So my first triathlon was, uh, it was in Cork in Ireland. I was kind of winging it. So, you know, I did a bit of mountain bike in Ireland, played a bit of soccer, and I was looking to get a wetsuit off mate. You know, I didn't really want to invest too much in the whole triathlon business, just seeing how it would go. So I had a mate who was off in the Middle East working over there. So I gave him a buzz and he said, yeah, go on over to his uh, father's to collect a wetsuit. So I was like, great, great. So I get over to the father, have a cup of tea, you know, nice guy. We go out and he shows me the wetsuit and I'm like, yeah, it looks like a wetsuit to me, fine. A week later, I'm down in Cork, I'm wearing this wetsuit, getting a few strange looks. Nothing too serious, you know, no one, no one dares come over and say, nice wetsuit or what are you doing with that? But, you know, I don't, I don't pay any heed to it. Uh, it's only in hindsight I appreciate it now. I get into the water, it's cold, you know, it's early May in Ireland. It's, I don't know, about, I'd say 10 Celsius in the water at that stage. So pretty cold. We start the swim race and yeah, it's, it's tough. I'm really feeling it. Every time I lift my arm out of the water, I'm feeling like I'm lifting weights physically. I get cold. I'm literally, I'm swimming as hard as I can and I'm getting nowhere. But it, to be honest, it was my first time ever doing open water swimming. 
I said, you know, let's just wing it out there the first day. It's going to be tough, but you'll manage it. I got to one swim boy and I did a 360 degrees around it because I had to go on my back. I remember getting out of the water, seeing stars. Yeah, so it was it was an intense first triathlon. I got on the bike, got back a bit of time, got on the run, got back even more time. And, you know, I just put it down to kind of, you know, first time doing a triathlon. Next time I bought my own wetsuit, my swim time decreased for a sprint, I'd say by six, seven minutes. And I was like, whoa, that was a big improvement. You know, I just, just, just put it down to experience. Then uh, a year passes, I go to hand back the wetsuit to my friend. And he goes, what are you doing with my windsurfing wetsuit? And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, so it dawned me then what had happened, why I was getting a few strange looks at the stars. People probably thought this guy knows what he's at, he, he can wing it and that, but I didn't have a fucking clue. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that's my story of my first trial on. Yeah, don't let it happen to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's from Terence. Uh, he's a character, but yeah. So don't don't take a windsurf and wetsuit to a triathlon. So when we talk about borrowing stuff from friends, make sure yeah. they're really yeah. a triathlete first. Sure a, yeah, that's a good one. So very quickly, we're going to come on to some attack news, and then we're actually going to get round to hear from Mario yeah. all about her experience. Yeah. So I think we should. Uh, so we're just talking about the attack tri suits, but uh, so just a bit of like housekeeping on that front. So uh, Adrian's about to order some new tri suits. We need a minimum of ten people to order, and I think they're getting really close to that number. So uh, if you want an attack tri suit as modelled by my uh, last weekend, <laughs> get in touch with Adrian, and also he's got samples, so you can meet up and I find out what size. Yeah, well, what size? I tell you what, Adrian, this is a message directly for you. I will buy and order a tri suit if you reply to my email. <laughs> Personal outstanding email. This message is for you, Adrian. And also on the, on the kit tip, a cycling kit order currently with Agu, so it should be in the shop on a first come, first served basis very soon, sort of within the week or two. Ooh. So if you're looking for cycling kit and you're a medium, large, normal size, <laughs> then have your finger on the button because you're going to need to get in there I pretty quick. Okay. Then I just want a quick mention for the Attack of the Run, the uh, marathon relay, which unfortunately we're recording just before that's taking taking place, but yeah. um, that will have happened just last weekend, so I hope everyone had fun there. And then the other event this month with, was obviously the Don't Try Too Hard event, which we had, I think, about 50 people wow. uh, in Eiberg at the... Um, not even gonna I live next to it and I can't pronounce the name of the park yeah so around 50 people and after two weeks of terrible weather the sun shone it was a beautiful day really good fun plenty of beers and barbecue and burgers and all the bees nice. um, afterwards had a lot of people racing and a lot of fun and I think there were two or three people who did their their first triathlon there and yeah we have one of them here yeah patiently waiting and <laughs> on, the, on, the, on, the, on the podcast so welcome thank you thank you so you've done your first triathlon yes I did yeah now I can call myself triathlete yes <laughs> do you feel different you walk a little taller uh, yeah I think so yeah <laughs> I'm curious to hear your journey so you said so you give us hints of it throughout the, the show, but you came from swimming. Yes. How so did you get from, you know, I used to swim at school or whatever, or when I was younger, to now being a triathlete? <laughs> I have a, a tri suit with my name on it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's pretty good, yeah. So how did, how did you, you saw what I was wearing for my first triathlete? 
triathlon. <laughs> Tell us about the journey. Yeah, I already swam when I already noticed. Like my mom put me like to the baby swimming club whatsoever, and I was in the club until I was twelve. And then, so at the time, I did some like competing, like race and stuff. But I never really get like really really good. I enjoyed it, but not like really doing great. And then I started basketball when I was ten, and I like stopped going to the swimming club, and I didn't go back since then. And then I didn't really do any cycling or running or anything, and I was playing basketball until like I got twenty. And then I moved here after I got job here after I graduated my university, and then one of my Colleague, he did the Ironman, and I didn't know anything about Ironman or triathlon. I I knew triathlon, like you do swim, bike, run, but I didn't even know that what's you, the order. You made the mistake of going down the <laughs> rabbit hole of YouTube. That's what you done. <laughs> yes, and then he did Ironman, and like that was just like, what kind of people do that? Like it's、mm. so crazy, you know. Like you like end up with a marathon, like impossible. What's wrong with you? Yeah, yeah. Like why do you do that to yourself? But at the time, I was going back to the gym and doing like some swimming for just working out, and then he was like, "Ah,、oh, you can swim. Like that's the, the then you the can do.、Part. Yeah, that's, that's the hard part. What most people are、yeah. not used to doing.、Yeah. yeah, and then you do you you can run, right? And I was like, "Yes, I do." <laughs> and I was going to the what cycle for the.、Yeah. Just like you know, working out because that's kind of fun. Yeah. But I didn't understand what's the zone or whatsoever. But I was just having fun, and he was like, "Oh, you know, you can just do triathlon." I was like, "Okay, maybe that's、oh, it." Amen. Sign me up. <laughs> and did you have an event in mind? But of course, with COVID, everything was was shaken up. Did you have? Did you did you have an event that you were going to do? Was it always the boss band? Yeah. No. So when he told me, we were just like chatting at the office, and I was like, "Okay, I'm just gonna apply one." So you signed up for nine, yeah, man. No, no, no. Lucky it was cancelled. Yeah, yeah. Good idea, good cancel. No, it wasn't for Ironman, but I signed up for that one in the Danford. Yeah,、right. that one's supposed to be in June. Yes, and that was in October or something. Then I was like, okay, if I have a six month, then I should be fine. Yeah, and then I was like. But I don't know anything about triathlon, so I'm、yeah. just gonna find a triathlon club. So how did you find to tag? I just Google like. Well, that's good. We've got our search engine on Amsterdam, and Atta came up. That's、uh, there's good. There's another one, but Atta was like easy to find, like when I can join like free、yep. session and stuff.、Mm-hmm. And I sent the email, and I got like really friendly reply, and I joined the swimming session, and then everyone was friendly, and I was like, okay. Was it the Tuesday the pool sessions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're really good. The one in the Aldo, no. Lovely swimming pool. Actually,、yeah. I used to I used to go to that session. Did, so you done swimming? Have you done intervals as well? And have you done any rides? The group cycling events. Have you done any of those? Oh, so after I joined that、yeah. attack, yeah, yeah, I did one like January, February.、Right. Oh like, wow. <laughs> When it's nice and warm, cold, yeah. yeah. There, there was no match like riding, like、yeah. rides, like a social rides or whatsoever for like beginners. And then I found one for like 
Uh, right because like they had like a marathon next day, ah, okay, so they yeah. wanted to do like easy, right? Nice, and I was yeah. like, okay, I'm if in. they're gonna go out the marathon, I should be fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite session then? Like, what do you? What sessions do you enjoy doing out of the three, the three disciplines? Uh, I definitely enjoy swimming. Yeah. But I also enjoy running because yeah. I'm not really good at running, and then I don't really do interval by myself. So it's like good to know how to practice by myself, even if it's not in the group. And then I feel like I can run faster if I run in the group. The interval sessions are great, as we mentioned earlier. You, I never run as fast as I do if I'm in the interval sessions. Yeah, they were saying before that a lot of people sort of leave the door and run one pace, but often that pace is sort of a it's too fast for a long run, but it's also not fast enough for a hard run. So everyone runs that sort of zone three kind of uh, in the middle thing, whereas you need to run often a lot easier yeah. when you run hard, run really hard. Like you can't push yourself as hard as you do in, in those interval sessions. That's I hurt a lot more, that's on. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely hurt a lot like more. 25, 30 minutes of work feels <laughs> like really like hard work. Yeah. 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 Something. So were you scared going into the event? Was there any sort of, uh, like, what were you thinking? So you're on the, well, I guess you bike down to Iberg, which is probably new for you. I don't know if you've been there before. Most people have not nope. been to Iberg. What were you thinking? Like, what was going through your mind on the first the triathlon? Yeah, when you're when you're when you're traveling to the triathlon, like, how were you feeling? I know I was like quite excited. Like, it has like different feelings that like when I was playing basketball, it's like team sport. So yeah. even if you push hard on yourself. If the team lose and then you lose, yeah. triathlon, it's like, at the end, on it's all on you. Yeah. Yeah. So like, if you push yourself, if you practice more and more, you it comes back to you. Like, yeah. it's like so obvious. And then that feeling was like, kind of like new to me. So yeah, I was like quite enjoying it. I really looking forward to do that. They don't try too hard. And what about <laughs> when you jumped in the water? Excited, but the water was really good temperature. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I can tell you, I did not have the experience that you described. <laughs> I mean, I was a bit excited, but I was just, I was nervous with everything. I was like, I'm never finishing this swim. And it was a pool <laughs> swim. You know, so I think that's great. That but the swim, so we were in the canal in Eiberg and we did, uh, there was a 700, I think it was, mm. ended up being a little long, so maybe an 800 meter loop. Yep. Yep. So some people swam one loop and others swam two loops and people were like, do you think the neighbours will mind? Do you think anyone will get Everyone, <laughs> I mean, that's a local uh, training Yeah, pool. but everyone came out and yeah. uh, there were a lot of people on the, on the side and clapping because yeah. oh, there were nice. so many, you know, 50 people all of a sudden on a Sunday morning that's in the water. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, everyone was kind of enjoying the that's well and nice. people coming out for their coffee and having yeah, a little... Yeah, just watching us. <laughs> some well good nice. entertainment, I think, for the local... Uh, for the Ibergians. Yeah. And did you, you say that you live with your partner. W was he there? Was he watching? Yes. Yeah, so I told him, okay, I'm, I'm going to finish like after maybe two or three hours. So maybe you can come around there. <laughs> and and then, he was late because obviously yeah, you'd finished. Yeah. yeah. And I came even like after the barbecue was gone. Oh no. <laughs> oh. Because I was like biking with the, some guys and then we had like two mechanic problem, one yeah, puncture yeah. and one other chain thing. So we yeah. had like one hour and a bit lost. Yeah. So when we come back from the bike, he was already there. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm just going to go for a run and do like one hour. <laughs> do you think he was proud? Yeah, I yeah. think so, yeah. yeah. Shall we listen to what he said? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if only you could see my face <laughs> Night before oh my God. triathlon, she was very calm, very normal because of a few reasons, I think. One was that she went for a long bike ride, so she was kind of exhausted. Two is that it wasn't a very formal triathlon. There weren't rules and, and organized, you know, uh, everything. So I think that that was more casual, it made her more calm about it. And the third thing is that it wasn't planned months in advance. You know, she didn't have a date to stress about. So I think all of that just made her really relaxed for the night before. Maybe on the morning of it was a bit more stressful, but she didn't let it show. On the day, it managed to make it out. And you've probably seen the video. She was uh, very emotional at the end. And uh, I was very happy to be there and incredibly proud. And I almost broke down myself just because the sheer emotion of it. So it was um, really great. Uh, and she, she's planned this for a year or so. Yeah, I'm very, very proud of her. There you go. Now you have to put me out my misery here. Can you pronounce his name for me? Because I had to avoid trying to say his name. <laughs> can, you, can you try that first? I just can't. I need to see it again. It's go, it's, go, go, you'll have to do it's it. It's Guillaume. Guillaume. Yeah. I, I would never have thought that. And I didn't want to ask him either. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> it's a yeah, so, French name. A French name. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, I French, have French, my uh, French for William. My yes, colleague. exactly. Yeah. Yes. My colleague would have been able to help me out there. there so, yeah. <laughs> we stopped him. We got in touch with him. We got a message from him. Oh. So, there you go. So, uh, <laughs> is, do you think he's tempted to uh, follow suit and, you know, take the steps into being a triathlete well, too? Well, I'm kind of pushing him. <laughs> and, uh, I think he needs some time. What would you say? So or to him if he was to do it, but what would you say to someone who hasn't done a triathlon and now is thinking about doing a triathlon? Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to them? I would just say just try, you know. It's just like, it's hard, but you can get more than what you put. Yeah. Like, yep. you get it's really you worth it. Yeah. And I think it's good to have some, like something to, to aim, like race or yep. something to, yeah, work for. So on that note, what are you going to do next? What's your What's on the plans for your next event? Uh, so my next event's going to be the boss one in September, oh, the yeah, sprint. Yeah. And then I think I'm going to do the Olympic distance in the outer cock. Yeah. Is that this year? Is that the one that's still... I think still, it's uh, still in October. Outer. Yeah, been pushed to October. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then my good plan, like... Plum, plum, plum is <laughs> the, the long term, the medium term. <laughs> is uh, yeah, the half Ironman next nice. year. Nice. Do you think it's possible? Definitely possible. possible. Okay. Anything else? Okay. The only thing when people say, "Is it possible?" It, it's definitely possible. But it's also really fun to take your time. Yeah. So, you know, if it's something that you have your heart set on and it's something that you really want to do, definitely achievable. Mm -hmm. And the step up isn't so much once you've got re you know that frequency of training and all those things yeah. but also is same before it i think i went from my kid's helmet to <laughs> an Ironman in two years in retrospect i wish i'd taken two more years yeah. mm. not only so i was a bit stronger and maybe ready for it and would have enjoyed the experience more but just short racing so much fun i, I yeah. really enjoy it still right. and I, I still sort of love that community of races mm -hmm. and just doing that more often yeah can be fun to, to just to to embrace and you learn a lot about racing by racing so yeah. you it's, know i think uh it's definitely possible but also 
there's no shame in just getting really good at other things. Yeah, first, I think the biggest know. step up for me, so I'd done sprints, Olympic, half Ironman, and then done an ultra marathon. I've never done a marathon. And that was in my, <laughs> that was my head, in my head was that I'll remember because he was coaching me, but it's, it's, I had this thing where I'm like, I'm going to skip a marathon because I hate running. Oh, actually, I quite enjoy it now, but I used to have a really bad relationship with running and that mm-hmm. was the reason for doing it. I wanted a better relationship. And the biggest step up for me and is probably the same as the difference in the intensity of the training. I think you go from whatever it is, I don't know, but you have to, you know, when I was training for the half or the or the ultra marathon, it's eight to 10 hours a week, which for some people is not a lot, but you know, when you put it in amongst family life and whatever mm-hmm. else, it can be a lot. That was the big the big jump for me was yeah. actually the training. Mm. The event, as Matt will always say to his athletes, I'm sure, is if you trust the process, the event will take care of itself, which I truly believe in. But it's the training. It's the step up in the training. So to your question, and I'm not a coach, Matt, is, yeah. but <laughs> your question, is it possible? Absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. as long as you do the training. That's yeah, exactly. always worked for me. Even, you know, with the ultra marathon, it was, I wasn't winning, uh, yeah. winning medals, but I was able to finish it and really enjoyed it. And it's because of the training. Uh, what your expectations are as well yeah. going into it, what you want. Get out of it. Yeah. I think anyone can. I think anyone, in theory, go off the couch to do an Ironman in a year if you if that was what drove you and you wanted to get there. Yeah. But I, I don't necessarily think it's the best process to take. There's such a, a temptation in triathlon. There's such a kind of look forward to the next distance. Yeah. And sometimes we do that instead of like being like, "Well, I want to get faster." And I think that's a shame in some ways, you know, yeah. because like embracing those shorter distances and doing them better, or maybe choosing a really hard triathlon and you know doing like a shorter but a hillier one like there's all different types of challenges other than just going long and obviously yeah. going long has its appeal because that's why so many people do it yeah. and yeah. I'm aware I say this as someone not that long ago but, but I, I still like in spite of having done that I still really look forward to my next sprint triathlon because yeah, I, I love that that, that yeah. sort of really hard all out racing and, and it's all I like it in all its forms so I think there's never a rush to go through those things well on that note I think we've come to the end so we ended the last time on interesting reading interesting listening interesting whatever so I'm going to start like it's absolutely nothing to do with triathlon but one of my favourite not favourite one of the podcasts that I'm listening to that I quite like is called Meditative Story it's quite a mouthful and when I first listened to it I thought this is bollocks but actually the more you listen to it it's like this story I, I can't explain it all it says <laughs> search for a meditative story try it once if you think it's bullshit try it again and again and then it becomes better so that's my thing I'm not reading any books at the moment what type of so it's a podcast it's a podcast called Medi- it's a meditation podcast okay but it's a story Story, I, I can't describe it honestly. I like it. I like the idea it, of it. It's just, I, I can't describe it. It's like a guy, it's like there's a guest telling a story and then it pauses for little mind thoughts. And you know, training is all is very physical, but I, I'm a big believer in mental health and getting your, yeah. your mental psyche in shape. So for me, I quite like to do that, but it's it's so hard to describe. Just listen to it. It's, I didn't like it to begin with, but it's my uh, go to meditation at the moment. So that's mine, but I'm not reading nice. anything. I'm going to be, uh, so I just started a, a new book. Well, I just finished, I quite like Malcolm Gladwell sort of right, books, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. that kind of popular science thing. So I just finished his latest one, How to Talk to Strangers. Oh, but okay. now uh, I'm being very, you know, even though I'm a slightly older than a millennial, but I'm being very <laughs> millennial and woke. I think you are a millennial. You know? No, I missed it by like three weeks ah, officially, I think. Right, yeah. it's, it's like 1980 and I... Yeah. I 
I was like middle of December '79. Oh, so, that sucks. Yeah, and whatever <laughs> comes before that. Is that why? Yeah, generation, uh, generation, generation X. Actually, X. yeah, X. yeah. But I'm reading uh, how to be an anti-racist. Oh, okay, oh, I, oh. this is one that's been tipped quite a lot yeah. with everything that's going on. I'm trying to read two or three of those sort of yeah. key books. Of, yeah, so that's uh, I f- I'm not gonna pretend to remember the author's <laughs> name it's quite a complex one yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, it's really yeah I, I'm sort of about a quarter of the way in but it's, it's good, good so reading far. interesting and, and sort of the context and the examples are really strong yeah. so I would actually like, recommend that to you know we're <laughs> triathlon's quite a middle class white man sport yeah. as well so, yeah. so I think you know uh, maybe good recommendation for more of us in the club you know so yeah and my, you reading anything interesting any any podcast you recommend Netflix series Nick came up with a Netflix yeah. series what do you, what's your what's your go to or even music it's it's actually really like super geek <laughs> part of me right we've got to hear it you've said it now you've set this up now I'm, I'm watching like Korean popster yeah, like yeah, yeah, audition yeah. Uh-huh. show. Yeah. <laughs> so there was like a twenty girls, like teenager girls, yeah. try to get into one Korean so like K-pop ex- group. Is this like an X Factor type thing, but for K-pop? Yeah, yeah. kind of. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. So yeah. It's like a reality show. Yeah, so. I, I have the impression that it's quite ruthless. It I could is. be wrong, but I have the impression that it's like <laughs> hard work, no holds barred. Yeah. Like you do it, and that is it. Is it? Is it? Is yeah, it tough? Yeah, it's so tough, and then girls are crying. You know, they yeah. don't know how to get to the group, and yeah. it like, makes me really emotional. Yeah. <laughs> See, we all need these things. We all need yeah. these things. So, what, like, does, uh, what does Guillaume do while you're? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is he a big yeah, K-pop fan as well? Or? He doesn't sound like he's got a choice. You know, in lockdown, it looks like he's gonna yeah. have to. No, have he to just uh, see me watching that, and he, I'm crying watching it, and he's like, "Why do you do that to yourself?" And on that note, we're going to finish up. So, thank you very much. Thank you for listening. Thank and we'll you. be back Thank next time. Thanks for coming on the show, man. Thank you for inviting. It was really fun. Subscribe, rate, and review Attack the Pod wherever you listen to podcasts. Find show notes and links on attack-club.nl and leave comments, questions, and suggestions on Instagram at attack.club. Happy training and racing.